in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Madre. Good morning, Mary. How's it going to you today and your family? And before I even let you answer that, I'm going to tell you that my daughter, Elizabeth, Mary's sister, she videoed me yesterday and gave me a whole tour of the house. Liz is moving from Kansas City to Houston. And anyway, it was so fun. She has these two dogs. What kind of dogs are they called, Mary? Do you know? Australian Shepherds. Crazy dogs. It's like they have two other kids. But anyway, these dogs are wild and love to run. And this yard, Mary, there's just trees everywhere. All fenced in. Puddles and river were just like had gone to heaven or something. That's amazing. That's so what they needed. Oh my gosh. The house layout is so great. It's no stairs. No stairs. Oh, their last house was like a tri-split level. Like three or four levels. Oh, that's so amazing. It is sometimes the little things that are not so little. I know it. It's just so make such a huge impact. Yeah, so that was joy for me as a grandma yesterday. How's it going with you? Yeah, it's funny how you have a million things going on in your life and like work things and life things. And then all of a sudden, what takes priority is the most seemingly ridiculous things. I have to get Mercy a costume for this Halloween party tonight. And I'm like, I have real (laughs) things to do on my list. And she's like, mom, I need my shirt. Have you gone to the store? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go today. So yeah, instead of doing the (laughs) numerous things on my list, yeah, I'm going to be at the stores searching, trying to find the specific shirt she needs for this costume tonight. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Isn't that the reality of being a mom? Yeah. What you think would be the priority Mm. somehow is not all of a sudden. Yep. Yep. Thank you guys for joining us today. We always love to just chat and you probably don't care about any of the things we talk about at the beginning, but we love you and thank you for following us and being a part of our stories. <laughs> yes. Last week, if you're just kind of jumping in, in the month of October, we're talking about the power of acceptance. And we started with just giving an overview of what that looks like. The first week we talked about just the introduction of what does acceptance look like and why is it so important that we accept the things in our lives? Doesn't mean we have to love them or promote them or condone them, but how accepting them and moving forward is so powerful. Then the next week we talked about the acceptance of trials and suffering, and you can go back and listen to that. And then last week we talked about the acceptance of limitations and weaknesses. And I really like that one because I think that that's something that I've always struggled with is accepting the limitations and the weaknesses that I have. It's been really, really good. And we have just a couple weeks left. And today we are talking about accepting the will of the father and what that looks like. Mm, Such a subject, huh? Such a subject. I want to just note, Mary, you were kind of reviewing the last weeks. And I want to say that the thing about suffering and trials, just again, what we were really saying is that this is a truism, that it's true. 
that this is something that we want you to look at, acknowledge. Some people don't. They say that's just not even possible to happen if you belong to the Lord. But we're saying we don't agree with that and that the Word of God teaches that suffering and trials are real and they're even promised. And then regarding our limits and weaknesses, I want to say too that this is such a great place for us to grow in going low and not having to be or have or do all the things that we might feel like we need to do. So this puts us in a good posture to begin to even taste of the idea of humility. And the reason I bring those two points up that are connected with those things that God wants us to accept and look at is that today in God's will, we are really talking about something that's super dear to my heart, and that is intimacy and trust. Because here's the thing. Yeah. We're talking about trust today, but something precedes trust. I don't just meet someone and trust them. I actually actually can, quite honestly, but I it's harmful to me. But it's not not always a good idea, is it? I'm older and wiser now. And part of trust with any person, including the God of the universe, is having this connection of intimacy that you have a story. You have private jokes together, so to speak. When we think about all the things that build intimacy in a relationship, I want us to think about that in this area of the will of the Father and trusting Him. Because I think we're on a spectrum in our walk with God. And when we start approaching this idea, I believe this is a high level within the area of maturing in God. We'll break that down. We'll talk about it, give you some examples But I just want us to all know and be on the same page that when we enter this subject and accepting the will of the Father, there are components about this that take us into a deeper place with God. And this is what he's calling us to, is calling us higher up, higher up into moving our faith and our beliefs into action, that we're going to trust him with what he says and what his will is over our own. There's my little introduction. No, that's good. I needed that introduction, mom, because as you know, this past week, uh, I was like, wait, what what are we saying exactly? And then you even explained it to me. And I was like, okay, okay, but can I have like more examples? (laughs) Clearly, if you've been listening by now, you know, I'm a very visual storytelling type person. So I'm like, okay, that's a lot of words. Explain to me what exactly we're going to be talking about. So I know how to process and through this. I I love that. If this were like a television show, I I might get a little award for like a, a supporting role. But the fact is, is my teaching is almost insignificant without Mary, you being the star with your analogies and <laughs> and stories. So it's so great. We make we a good team. Make a good team. No, it's just because I even remember as a kid reading a book or reading textbook and I was like, that's so many words. I don't even know. So many words. So I'm like, just can you show me that like in a picture or a drawing perhaps? <laughs> just say all of that. Summarize what you just said. Yes, I definitely struggled because I feel like the will of the Father, what does that even mean? What does that mean to accept the will of the Father? And so I asked you for examples and you gave me really good ones about accepting the will of the Father. You talked about Abraham with Isaac and Daniel when he was carried into Babylon. But even as I was reading those, I was like, okay, but still, what does that mean? He's not saying, I accept it, God, that you want me to be in slavery. It's more like he's saying, 
I accept your storyline and I trust your will over my life. Amen. You just said it. Guys, that ends the yeah. show today. Yes. No, done. Really. Done but, and done. You know, since I'm a woman of many words, I have to continue yes. talking. <laughs> that's that's but true. But you just got the three-point shot there. Yeah, yes. that's it. That is everything. So there's this mm-hmm. chasm. We need this bridge between what mm-hmm. we say we believe, many, many words of teaching. The word of God has many words. The church has many words. The bottom line is, is those words do not bring life or intimacy with the father to trust him. Now in real live time, we would call that action steps. That's what we call it. Right. Right. Okay. So here's what's true. Now, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Okay. We kind of teach like that. We think like that, but in God's economy, they aren't separate. They go hand in hand. The degree of faith you have is the degree of trust that you're going to be walking in in real time. So let's just start with an obvious question. What makes the will of God so difficult? Well, I hear you saying that partly it's a little ambiguous. It's sort of complex. It seems like it's kind of hard to really grab it like something that's concrete, like I can pick up a stone. Right. But when I go to get one of those things, what are those things that all the little things fly away? A dandelion. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I go to grab a dandelion... Mm -hmm. It just poofs and it's just flying away. So I think the will of God can be one of those things. That's a good picture, mom. Good job. I know. (laughs) Look at you. But yeah, I I think that's a good question that we should start with is what does make it so difficult? I think part of it is when we hear something about the will of God, what do you think is the first thing that sort of begins to bubble up? I think it's kind of this idea that what he wants is... I don't even know how to find it. I don't know what it is. Right. Like what is the will of God? Who knows? Right. Right. And then so there's a little frustration there. And I think another thing that bubbles up is obviously he's altogether different than me. So whatever he wants, it's more than I can even imagine giving him. Like whatever he wants, I I don't want to let it go. right? Right. Because we live these very independent lives. We're not really thinking about God. What do you want? Because we're busy, everything is fast, we're trying to make quick decisions on the fly, Mm -hmm. we don't really have time for any of that kind of stuff. But I think overall, this independence in our lives, the truth is, is that our will is what we're really concerned about most of the time. Like, what am I going to do today? How is this going to work? How do I take care of this problem? So there's a lot of practical things. But the fact of the matter is, is that our will has supremacy in our lives instead of God. That's just a reality. So again, we're just trying to speak what we think is true about each of us and where we're at instead of talking in a lofty way that isn't really going to connect these dots for us. So I think that's one of the things is that we live pretty independently. Um, We can think of others. One of them is that we have a lot of value with intelligence and cognitive thinking, a lot of value in our opinions. We place autonomy and our rights at a very, very high position, I think, higher than God does. Yeah. So there again, we can start talking about his will, what matters to him, what's valuable to the God of the universe. Now we're beginning to sort of describe he has an opinion. Right. He really does. The other thing that comes to my mind is that uh, we, again, we talk about a lot about resistance, how we're wired to resist. So I think the idea of God's will, man, that feels really claustrophobic. 
Yeah. That really boxes me in Mm -hmm. this idea of we're kind of resisting. It's like, I, I have a little bit of claustrophobia in me. The idea of a straight jacket being put on me in a small room, like literally the second I said that, I I feel like I need a little bit of a breath. (laughs) Right. Right. So we resist things that make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you said a stray jacket, it's interesting because a lot of people deal with claustrophobia in all sorts of levels. But when you think of something like that, like being boxed in or a straight jacket or something like that, is it stray or straight? I don't know. Straight jacket, stray jacket, doesn't matter. T with a T, straight. T, straight jacket. But then I think about, they say, people with any kind of sensory disorders or autism to put restraint on them in in a positive way, like a weighted blanket or these things. And this is actually something that's life-giving for these kids. Mm. It is putting these restraints and these things on them. It's such a good picture that when we don't feel safe in an environment, that those confinements or those restraints feel like death to us. They feel like, no, 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 this is going to crush me. But when we feel like, oh, I'm safe, this is actually what brings me life. And so it's like, what's the difference between the two is like, well, one person feels safe and trusting. And the other is like, no, you don't want what's best for me. The the fact of the matter is that's what it all comes down to. And sweet brothers and sisters that are listening to this today, this is what makes all the difference in everything. If we're transferring our trust to God, We can get in all kinds of debates about opinions and belief systems and all of it about particularly the sovereignty or the will of God. Yeah. I mean, obviously, hundreds, if not thousands of books have been written on this subject. But at the end of it all, this is unto that we would see God high and lifted up and not just powerful with all authority, but that we would see him as kind and good. Yes. And would never ever be tempted by evil. So this idea of trust is paramount. Mary, the the story you gave, whether it was a dream or a vision of the ants in one direction, and I was telling you in the direction of the ants, and God was showing you, and he used that example because he knows you better than anyone and knows that you have an implicit trust in our relationship. So he used that as a great example. If you trust me, then anything you see with your eyes will be secondary. Right. Because you will come to believe that everything I say and everything I do has life and purpose and beauty Yeah, for you and for those around you. Right. I know many listening right now and saying, you don't know my life. Yeah. You don't know anything. There's nothing good or beautiful that can come from my situation. But I would say the circumstance may not change. But in the same breath, I would say that it will seem as though everything has changed when you change and your narrative changes about who God is and that he is with you and you are not alone. Yes. Yeah. I was literally just having this conversation with one of my children this morning, actually, before they went to school. And they were saying things that I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> but but what I meant was like, you're narrative of this situation is wrong. And they were like, yeah, but this is the way that I see it. And I'm like, okay, I, I get that you see it that way. And, and I'm trying to get them to see it from my perspective. But eventually I was just like, you know what, this is kind of pointless right now because you have these certain glasses on and it doesn't matter 
what anybody else says, because this is the way that you see the world right now. And I'm hopeful that maybe soon you can put on different glasses. And like you're saying, mom, it doesn't mean that the world changed at all. The world was all still the same. Grass was still there. Sky was still there. But you put on different glasses and all of a sudden it looks completely different. Nothing's changed. Circumstances haven't changed. Everything's still the same. You put it on and you're like, oh my gosh, surely this wasn't here before. You hear people that get glasses for the first time. They're like, what? I thought everything was just like a watercolor. There's like (laughs) blades of grass, but that's always been there. It's always been there. The circumstances haven't changed. It was just our lens and our narrative that's changed. Gosh, and how amazing that our designer, our creator God has created us in a way that we have the capacity to be able to change that lens. He's empowered us to be able to see what is true and beautiful and right. And he's given us so many ways to communicate that to us. So we're talking about the will of God. I would say one of the most important things is to look at, gather everything that the word has to say about the will of God. And and we're going to use this as a foundation. And that is the Bible talks about things that are sort of like this priority system. And so there's these things within the triune God that are supreme or of primacy, like my to-do list. I start putting little bullets by the ones that have to be done today or this week or this month or little colored markers, right? So God, it's always before him and he never has to rethink it or wonder where where are we going today? Jesus, the Holy Spirit says, "I, I think I remember there's no kind of dialogue. There's this primacy within them that is the most primal parts of the will of this triune God. And these are pretty clear in scripture. I'm going to name what I think they are and what many others do too. There's three. One is the advancement of the kingdom of God. The advancement of the kingdom of God. I'm going to read something that everybody knows, but I'm just going to read it. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, this idea is that God has a kingdom and he's in charge. He's king of this kingdom, but it's not of this world. But the people that he's created are eternal. And his whole goal, one of his primary objectives is to, and quite honestly, I'm going to say something and I hope nobody takes this the wrong way. But when we think about colonization, how different countries the richest, the most powerful, have come into other places and kind of either taken that or or had deals to get the resources in that area, even resources being people and other kinds of natural resources. God kind of whispered this to me in the last day, that he is the great colonizer. Okay, wow, that could be so offensive to everybody, but I'm trying to get your attention This is what my husband does, and I don't like it typically. (laughs) I'm like, you shouldn't be so hyperbolic. You're just going to, the people are going to be so mad that they're not even going to hear what you have to say. So I'm warning you, and I'm telling you, I'm trying to get your attention. We have a lot of negative connotation with the word colonizers, but I want to say that 
God was using it as an example to say how different the God of the universe is with his objectives and his motives than we are. Yes, yes. God is saying, I'm the great colonizer. I have come for the entire earth, every crevice, every person, every tribe, every language, every color of skin. I have come to invade and take over every part of your being. And I did because I loved you. I do it all for the sake of love because I'm generous and I want to share my kingdom with all of you. I want to share what I have. I'm not going to come and take your resources. No, 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 no. I'm not taking anything from you. I'm bringing to you the resources of eternity that reside within my being. This is what I want to give you. Okay. I find that amazing because his heart and his desire is to advance our own selves that we would be full and alive and thrive not only in the kingdom to come but on this kingdom on earth and then as that happens to us and we're more and more fully integrated what happens we begin to affect people all around us right who are in dire circumstances all around us though their circumstance may not change but the light that we carry we bring And it can have great influence to quench that darkness and to bring light into their world. This idea that our circumstances do not need to change, what needs to change is that there be more of God in us. Yes. That's what needs to change. And it's not a what, it's a who, and it's us. I've taught this to women for many, many years who are in very difficult circumstances. That the good news is, is that we're free to accept beautiful gifts from God. It may look like you're in a prison with the door shut, but in reality, the door is wide open because you can commune with the God of the universe at any moment of any time. Believe me when I say I'm very aware that you can be in difficult circumstances or ones that cannot be changed. But I know that God wants to advance that kingdom of his kingdom in your heart and in your mind and in your thoughts and in your emotions and even influence your circumstances yourself by being light. I'm sure I've shared this picture on another episode, but just like what you're saying, I just got this picture when I was going through a really hard time that I was like in a prison and the prison door was locked and I was like, I'm here. Like there's nothing I can do. I can't get out. But then this revelation, all of a sudden I turn around and I see this wardrobe and it was like the wardrobe from Lion, the Witch and Wardrobe. Yes. And I just felt like the Lord in the picture was like, okay, walk in. And I felt like the Lord said, it doesn't matter what prison you're in every single prison that you feel trapped in, there's always access to Mm. the wardrobe. There's always access to this other world, right? Narnia. There's always access. It doesn't matter. The key isn't breaking out of the prison. Again, I'm not saying the Lord doesn't do breakthrough and he doesn't want us to contend for breakthrough in situations, but it's what you're saying. It's like, but when we feel like we are in a prison and we don't see the way out in that moment, the Lord is saying there is another way and Mm. it's through the wardrobe. Yes. I love that because when I think of a wardrobe, I think of it as small and claustrophobic, right? right? right. And there's already a bunch of clothes in it and, and I can see it in the movie. But in that space, it's just like that weighted blanket. 
Mm-hmm. That this doesn't have to be stressful, but God, you are right here in this space. And that makes me think of the secret place that we yes. can go into with God, yes. where he puts his weighted blanket all around us and surrounds us with peace yes, and stillness mm-hmm. and hope. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. This idea of the primacy of God's will is his idea that he wants to bring this to everyone and he's given his own son to do it. This is high on his agenda. The second thing that's really high on his agenda from Genesis to Revelation is that he wants his name to be glorified. And when the word says name, it's referring to his essence, his everything about him. It includes the triune God. And the reason he wants us to see how crystal clear the light and the holiness is inside of him is so that we have a place that can change us because he is perfect and holy and full of light. The glory that he possesses, he's actually says in the book of John that he will share with us. And it's part of our inheritance. We will never become God or be like God in that way. But what is our, all of us, what is it we're all crying out for today on day 12 of the Israel Hamas war? Yeah. What is our heart? We just, would be like little children. I just want everybody to be happy. I want God to help everyone. Yes. My heart is to cry out for every person. Why? Because in the glory of God, mm-hmm. that is the position that God has on the earth today. There are yeah. no favorites. There, there's no one uh, marginalized or minimized in the heart of the God of the universe. Yes. Yeah. He wants every single one who will come to him. He wants to reward them with his love, his compassion, his forgiveness And that beauty of his glory and his holiness, he's invited us into that. That is a very big, important thing to God is that he would be known throughout the universe, whatever that means. And the third thing is that is that we would come to the fullness that's called maturity. Or again, the word calls it sanctification. I call it beautification to make it easier to understand. But that we would become and grow up and rise in our faith in him and our trust in him, that we would actually, in this idea of the will of God, we would prefer his will greater than our own. We would beg him to say, not my will, but Father, I really want to do. If you could just come near me and tell me whether it's a particular decision, but moreover, the word has much more to say about our character and our trust of God. Mm -hmm. He wants to transform us into his very own image. Mm -hmm. These are the things that are high priority to him. When we talk about what's the primal thing that God desires, I think we start with that because when we start to look at what we sometimes think is the will of God, we think of it in so many day-to-day things in our lives. Right. And the word of God, if we look at it more clearly, we realize that isn't really what is being talked about. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there's just sort of two parts of the supremacy of God. One is with his decrees that cannot be changed ever. It doesn't matter whether you believe in them or I believe in them. Let's say I was Mary and the angel came to me and said that I was going to have a baby. That was a done deal. This is what we call a decree. God has said it. He's going to do it. It's just a matter of when. Right. These things cannot be changed. 
This is what we really refer to as the sovereignty of God. So I just want to make this distinction. The sovereignty of God, when we're referring to that, we're talking about decrees and things that God has set. It could be a promise. It could be a decree that this shall happen. It could be an event that Mary is going to have a baby by God the Father. This is something that can't be undone or changed. And Mary could have said, I I don't believe that. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. Well, she is going to do it because God has done it and it can't be changed. But most of these things have to do with the plans and the seasons and the times of God in his story and history. Let's look at that as the sovereignty of God. And then there's this part when we think about the will of God, which has to do with day-to-day things with his creation. And he has stated so many things. This is called the command will of God, but we're just going to say instructions. God has given us these instructions, so many, 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 that we already know. Yeah. We take all these things that God has had to say about a zillion things. And the truth is, is that if we're seeking his will in any particular situation, the more we've been in the word of God, which is him speaking directly to us personally, for each individual, how the Holy Spirit works that, the more we know his character, the more we know him as a friend, Yeah. the more we know his story, Are we? do we care about his story, right? The more we're involved in that, the more intimacy we're having with him, the more we do know him like a friend. Yeah. And therefore, now, what does all these instructions come down to if you mix in the Holy Spirit and a heart yeah. that's willing? It call, it's called wisdom. Now we have the ability to apply. Now we can gather the will of God through the millions of things that he's had to say about us and about himself and about our dealings with people. And really, these two parts, many, many theologians believe are distinct and different because I, every day, I get the opportunity to either do or not do, believe or not believe, in some application of my life to God. I can read it. I can see it. I can hear it from the Holy Spirit. And I can choose however I'm going to respond. Right. The will of God in that way is not placed upon me in a way that is completely without my input and my response. Right. That's why we can all not do it every day. Right. Or we can do the very thing he said to avoid. (laughs) This is the part that so delights the heart of God in this timeline on earth that we would have opportunity to exercise faith and even trust because of our intimacy with the Father and our love for wanting to follow him above ourselves. So now you see this opportunity that we will only have on the earth And God says he's a great rewarder because he knows that these little yeses or these very difficult sometimes to resist the enemy or to flee from something that is dark. He knows that it's just destroying us, but he knows the cost it is for us to trust him when we can't see him and when we can't sit down and have a conversation and have tea with him in our house. Yeah. He knows 
what that costs us with our emotions and how we're stretched. God values our trust of him and our faith in him highly unto whatever it is that he has. There are so many examples in the word, so many examples in the word of great people of God who were put in all these trials and these tests because faith tested is merely an opportunity to see if we trust what we say we believe. Right. When we're tested in that, it grows those faith muscles. It grows those abilities to connect and to trust God deeply. All of that to say, I would surmise that the days we're living in We need this above all things, is that we would trust God no matter what we see, no matter what we hear. This is where God is taking us as his children for us to be radically transformed and as a byproduct of that transformation, we will be a light and we will have impact on the people around us as we carry the glory of God. That no matter what happens, no matter what we see, no matter what we experience, we will say, like Daniel and his buddies, God is able to deliver us from you, O king. This king represents Satan in this particular picture, and it represents the end times when there will be another idol that's made that we'll be called to bow down to. What that looks like, I have no idea, but it is such a picture of that when King Nebuchadnezzar called Everyone in his area was the world at that time. Do you realize every single person had to bow down to that? Yes. We could imagine what if in the whole world today, everyone had to bow down to something. But he was infuriated when these three little kids, these little teenage boys said, I'm not going to bow down. And he's enraged. This is what exactly the Bible says in Psalms, that the enemy at the end will be enraged with the people of God. We have to see this and know our times, and we have to not be ignorant of what God is teaching us in all these things. Seven times hotter does he heat up that furnace. Just before they have a chance to recant, they say, no, no, we will never bow down to you. And our God is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us. There's faith. But here's the trust part. And even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, you dark king over the whole earth, that I will not bow down my knee to you. Yes. No matter what it costs me. This is the fire that God has given me. I want to somehow in some way start a, a spark today in you listening that this is a reality that we must accept. Yes. That the will of God has preeminence over everything, over every single thing in terms of his decrees and his plans. Yes. And we don't have to be caught off guard because he's told us so much about exactly how that will look and how we will feel and how difficult it will be. But if we have him and we can go into that wardrobe closet, there's a door that takes us out into this wonderful, beautiful place in the secret place with him. Yes. We'll be covered. We'll be full. We won't just become full of anxiety and overcome, but we will actually be thriving and full of light and joy and peace and want to give it away 
not cloister together, but instead come out and give it away to all freely. So this, to me, when I think about the will of God, I think specifically in the time frame that we're in, this is paramount for us to begin to fall in love with him because love is a great motivator. It is paramount that we become fixed in his word to know what he says and we get his narrative instead of the world's or the media or our own. Yes, that's so good. As you were talking, I just kept thinking about Adrak, Meshach, and Abednego. And then you mm. brought up that story. And not just as you were talking, even yesterday, as I was like, what is the will of the Father? Like, what does that look like? It's different in different situations. And what does that mean? What is the will of the Father? And how do we accept the will of the Father? And immediately I thought of Adrak, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. And I love that that's how you ended it because I'm like, that is the will of the Father, that we would trust yes. Him, that we would stand when when we've done all there is to stand, that we stand and that we trust in his will. And like in Hebrews, when it said, Abraham and all these people gone before us, they even died sometimes without seeing the promise, but they trusted believing that mm. it was unto something greater. And that is the will of the father, that we would trust in his storyline and trust his promises. And I know I can get so bogged down and like, yes, but what is the will of the father today in this situation? And God is so faithful to lead us and to direct us when we lean into him and, and all the things, but it's getting that bigger picture that the will of the father is that we would trust his storyline and his narrative over our lives. So I just want to pray that over all of us. Jesus, as we end this conversation today, Lord, I just pray that it wouldn't just be more words, uh, more knowledge, more words, more conversations, Lord Jesus, but instead that you would come and pierce our hearts. Jesus, this would come and move us and compel us to sit with you and to fix our gaze and our eyes on you and say, Jesus, you are the only solution. God, you are everything and you are the only one that transforms us. You are the only one that can give us new glasses to see it differently. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us are saying, we want to trust. I want to see it differently, but I can only see what I see. I, I want to believe that God is good and for me, but all I feel is that I'm trapped, that I'm in that straight jacket mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. I can't get out. So Jesus, I ask Holy Spirit that you would touch each one of us and you would give us that revelation again, that you are for us and not against us, that you are faithful in the midst of whatever prison that we feel like we're in right now. Lord Jesus, that you would give us the revelation of that wardrobe. Jesus, that you are yeah. right there with us, God, ready to take us to Narnia. And yes. our circumstances might not change today. They might not. God, but you alone are faithful to sustain us until they do. And we don't stop crying out for, for breakthrough in whatever situation, God, we keep praying, believing Jesus that you hear us. But as we wait, we trust in your storyline. We trust that your ways are better. Thank you, God, that you alone are faithful so we can fully trust in your narrative. Jesus. And I just pray you would bless each one of us today and that you would remind us of that daily, hourly, moment by moment, God, that you are good and you are kind and you are faithful. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Ames Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. 
We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.